things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Chotty here. Welcome to episode 14 of I Crying Corners. Uh, hopefully you are all caught up so far on the podcast, but if you're not, don't worry. I'm going to do a real quick recap. I just want to say hola to everyone who um, has been listening for a while and has been on this journey with me. Um, I took a week off to go to uh, Shoreline Church in Destin, Florida, and I preached all week at several of their services and got to spend time with their staff, and it was such an amazing experience. And um, I know a lot of them listen to the podcast, so much love to everyone. Um, at Shoreline. I'm excited to be back in pocket uh, doing the podcast. Um, I have a couple weeks and then I'll take another quick break as um, we're in the process of moving homes, which should be fun and eventful. I love to pack. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I like I like packing. It's fun. Anyways, that's another problem for another day. The Lord's dealing with my heart. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, if you are new to the podcast, welcome to the jungle. And um, if you have been listening for a while, I just want to say I love you and thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone who has been leaving reviews. You guys are my faves. Um, okay. Quick, quick things you should know if you're new to the podcast. First things first, um, Leadership isn't a position you're in, but a heart attitude you're positioned towards. So even though we're all crying in corners here, um, you know, because we're we know we have feelings. We know that our heart attitude is what really matters. So no matter where you find yourself today, you are leading someone, even if it's just you leading you. Also, uh, leadership uh, slash serving people isn't a place we exist in for ourselves because leadership isn't about being in charge. Leadership is about serving people. It's a place we build out for others. Yep. With the help of Jesus, my homie, uh, we build up moments, roads, game day booklets for those who are on the come up, those who are coming up behind us. And we do this as leaders, as servants, uh, by keeping our feelings in check, which I legit fail at at least four times a week. Um, We do this by living sacrificed, um, understanding our purpose, being rooted in the truth of God's word. Um, We believe the best in people. Um, we see things through a kingdom perspective. We keep our words in check. And finally, we embrace everything God has called us to be. And that's what leadership should look like. That's what serving people should look like. And if you're able to do these things, you'll find that your corner in moments and in life, regardless of how hairy things get, that it will be filled with the right things and the right people. And that leads us to today. You know, we kicked off season two a couple uh, weeks ago. Episode 11 was the beginning of season two. And I talked about how our number one person, our go-to in life and leadership and creativity has to be Jesus. Yep, I'm downloading the 10 top 10 people you need in your corner. And then I jumped into episode 12 and I broke down number two. Um, and I pretty much said that the importance of a kingdom squad um, is uh, pretty much it's super important for you to have depth and breadth of your community, that it should be diverse And so number one is Jesus, number two is community. Number three, I talked about how we were meant to love people. Uh, Love people to the point of uh, potential bestie status. Not in a weird way, just in a I love people way. So really what you need in your corner is love. So Jesus, community, love. That's where we're at right now. Top three things you need in your corner, uh, Jesus, community, and love. And now we're on number four. So today we're talking about number four, persons or people you need in your corner, things you need in your corner, Um, I like to call number four, ride or dies. 
<laughs> you guys ever seen that meme where it's like, I don't want to be a ride or die chick. I have a lot of concerns and questions like, where are we going? Like, why do we have to die? I feel like that's me, but true. Ride or dies. I define ride or dies as two things. People who hold on to you and two, uh, values you hold on to. So ride or dies to me are the people who will hold on to you um, and values you hold on to. And I'm going to break this down today, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, where can I start? Okay, so I'm a child of the 80s. I embraced all its glory. I loved the 80s. I welcomed the movies, the neon, the 1988 Detroit Pistons, and of course the music. And by music, I mean Carmen, Amy Grant, and Sandy Patty. Yup, because of course I was a Christian kid living in the 80s, afraid of white vans. If you're not a Generation Xer, you won't get that joke. Also, feel free to Google um, Amy Grant, Carmen, and Sandy Patty. You're welcome. For some reason, during the 80s, my come up, my parents owned the movie Top Gun. Has anyone ever seen Top Gun? Yep. I know this movie by heart. I can literally quote it. I won't. No big deal. Also, there's a new one coming out I'm really excited about. Anyways, we always watched this friggin' movie as a family. I'm not quite sure why, but my mother would run... No, I know why, but I don't know why we watched this movie. Anyways, my mom would run full speed to the TV and stand in front of it during the, like, super sexy parts. You know, 80s sex scenes, it's weird. I'm really awkward even talking about it. Anyways, it would just get really, really awkward, and we would just, like, kind of all stare at the ceiling. She would just stand in front of the TV, and nobody would talk. 80s. It's whatever. Anyways, you may be wondering why she did this and she didn't just fast forward it. Chadi, why didn't she just fast forward it? Well, I'll tell you. Calm your jets. Our VCR was super shifty. And by shifty, I mean on any given day, it would revolt and eat the VHS tape. A VHS tape is like this gigantic thing that they would put in VCRs and it had tape on it. They had them in Blockbuster. Also, you might want to Google that. My big brother Julio and I were obsessed with this movie. My little sister Gabby really didn't give a crap. She just wanted to play with her Barbies. But we all would play this movie and talk about this movie and quote this movie. We, to this day, all of us in our 30s, can quote this movie and sing the soundtrack completely. My siblings uh, totally became my wingmen during those not-so-wonder years, uh, the craziness in the 80s. Um, And to this day, they have remained my ride-or-dies. Why I'm telling you this, you might be wondering, well, because life and leadership and ministry, it's flipping hard. It's hard to navigate uh, in the trenches and the dust and the crazy and the weird people. But I have found that no matter what valley or mountain or storm I venture into, my family, if they're in my corner, the trek is always worth it. Someone really, really wise once told me that family is actually the only thing that holds the right to my time. And by family, I mean the covenant kind of people. Uh, This is my personal opinion that a covenant, when I say covenant people, my family, I mean kids, parents, spouses, siblings. You might have another definition, but that's what I'm referencing. See, your jobs will change. Friends will come and go, but your parents will always be your parents. And your siblings will always be your besties, at least for me. And for me, I know this is not for everyone as I come from a big fat Cuban family, but my family has always been my weapon. They're my ride or dies. And they knew, me, they knew me well before the podcast and the position. Um, they knew me before I knew myself. And so in the storms of life and leadership, they're my go-tos. I have found that keeping their voices near and giving my time to them uh, is vital for my emotional survival. Like, it's, it's so important for me. It's my constant reminder that I'm just a kid with Cuban roots and humble beginnings. 
And what I'm really trying to say in a practical term is it's important to surround yourself with people who know you. Yep. So in your corner, you're going to have all these situations that happen. Life is going to happen. And I'm telling you, you have to have people in your corner that really know you. Like the type of friends that just stare at you in your face and you don't have to say anything. They already know what's wrong. That's what I'm talking about. For me, those people are my family. Um, some of them are my actual blood family and others are people that I have quite literally stolen and have made them my family. Not like really stolen. You know what I mean? For you, it may be your childhood best friend, a cousin, a mentor, but there's something that longevity and context brings to the table that a new friend cannot produce. Longevity and context for me are really big. Uh, loyalty is a huge core value of mine, so it is incredibly important for me to surround myself with people who truly know me, especially in ministry, especially in life. Um, because when you're stuck in the quicksands of life, hmm, you need a familiar voice uh, cheering you on. Uh, you need a familiar voice reminding you who you are. You need um, a familiar hand to help you out of the quicksand. For me... Family is the voice in the hand I count on most. And that's why ride or dies are so important. The people that know you, the people that are safe, these are those that, at least for me, they're the ones that hold me up. Um, a couple episodes back, I talked about swimming into a school of jellyfish. Yeah, I was wearing a life vest in the midst of that ordeal. If you missed that episode, real quick, what happened was I was swimming in the ocean. So stupid. I don't really do that often. And I swam into a school of jellyfish because I thought I saw a shark. And then I panicked and I started swimming back to the boat and I swam into a school of jellyfish and almost drowned myself. Yeah, haven't really done that again since then. Point of the story was this. Um, it's funny how in moments of panic... Hmm. And crisis, at least for me, I don't know if this is just a me problem, I sometimes am my own worst enemy. And I lose sight of what's true, and I allow my world to collapse around me. That's why it's so important that those who are surrounding you can shed light and love on the truth of your circumstances. Like, hey, Chadi, there's no shark, you crazy. Stop swimming into jellyfish. Yep, you need people who are always down for the ride, even when it's ugly, even when it's scary, even when it's not ideal. What was so great about that jellyfish moment is that what actually saved me was a life vest that I was wearing. Yep, life vest. I found, I find, not I found, but I find in seasons where my family has been far away from me, um, what has saved me, like that jellyfish situation, is my metaphorical life vests. The things that I have wrapped around me to save me in moments where I freak out. And these are what I call my core values. Yes. So uh, what did I say at the beginning of this? I said that, I, how did I define it? Oh, I define ride or dies as two things. People who hold on to you and values who hold on to you. So yeah, values are super duper important. Um, so if those who are down for the ride are your family, then what keeps me from dying on every hill are my core values. Yeah, my ride or, my ride or dies are my family and my core values. And your core values are like the best life vest ever. And when no one is down for the ride, um, it's my core values that keep me rooted. No matter how bad life or work or family gets, it's my values that keep me afloat. True story. Okay. Well, Chadi, what are you talking about? What do you mean core values? Um, values uh, like honesty. Um, integrity, 
compassion. These are the values that keep me from being rude and keep me instead of instead of being like just kind of losing myself when things get crazy and I allow my feelings to get these are the things that keep me reliable and responsible in the midst of the crazy. And if you don't have your core values set in place before life and before leading gets hard, then you will never be able to rely on them when you're in the throes of it. So if you're not an honest person, Before you lead people, you're not going to be an honest person afterwards. If you're not a nice person before, you won't be a nice person after. If you're not compassionate before, you won't be after. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that all leadership does is it elevates what you already are. So like if you're waiting to be responsible till once you start leading people, you won't be responsible then. So if you're not good with your money now, you won't be good with your money then. These are things, these are the things that you in secret cultivate within you, the stuff nobody sees because if If you can steward it with wisdom when nobody sees, God will bless you when everybody sees. I don't know if that made sense, but it made sense in my head. Look, if you drop my butt on the top of Everest right now, you know, the mountain, yeah, there's a 100% chance I will not survive it. Not because I'm not a mountain climber, because I totally am. I totally have cardio for that. Not. But because I truly know nothing about flipping survival real life mountains. But if I knew, if I knew that at some point in my life I'd be climbing Mount Everest, you better believe I would get myself ready. I would get the cardio. I would know everything there is about mountain climbing. I would know everything there is about what shoes I have to wear, how I'm supposed to breathe, how I'm supposed to move. I would know everything about mountains. So that's why core values are so important because you know crap's going to hit the fan. So what are the things you need when the crap hits the fan? It's actually a weird thing to say crap hits the fan just had a mental picture of that. Anyways, moving on. Okay. This is my question. This is my challenge for you today. What are your values? What are the non-negotiables that you have tied around your heart that can help keep you afloat? I'm going to give you mine. You might want to write this down. Like the ones that you're your core values as you're coming up with them, write them down. So you know, these are the things that you go to. These are mine. I find them in the Bible because you know, the Bible's my favorite thing in the world. And, um, Lord knows I need it. Okay. Galatians 5, 22, 23. I'm reading this out of the voice translation because it's my favorite one. It says the Holy Spirit produces a different kind of fruit. Okay. Unconditional love, joy, peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You can't find any law opposed to fruit like this. I'm going to read it again. Unconditional love, joy, Peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are the, called the fruit of the Spirit. For you guys that may not know, for those that do know, the fruits of the Spirit. These are the things that if you're led of the Holy Spirit, if you're connected and rooted in the things of God, these are the things that should come from your life. These are what I refer to as my core values. These are the things that for me, when I know that if I'm getting upset or something's really bothering me, it's because there's something within me that has been jolted. Um, disclaimer, this week I've alone, I've failed miserably and I have metaphorically drowned myself at least three times. I'm not perfect, nor am I a perfect leader. I'm not a perfect wife. I'm not a perfect anything. But on days where I feel like I'm winning, it's because I have pulled myself out of the muck and mire of my nonsense. And I've remembered my feelings don't define me. And, um, I remember that I have some hot fire core values that protect me from myself. See, 
Some of these values I have worked harder to hold on to than others. But these are the life fests that keep me afloat in moments where I feel like I'm drowning in life. These are the things that I pull together when I'm crying and can be found crying in a corner. They are what I go back to when my family is far away um, and when my corner seems a bit bare. Okay, I wrote it down like this. I literally wrote this down because this is what I go to when things are hard. These are This is what I go to when I feel like... God, I know I'm supposed to have ride or dies in my corner. God, I know I have the community. I have you. I have love. I have all these things in my corner. God, I should be killing it. I read this to myself and I remind myself of this. I put, I remember that I am loved. At the end of the day, the enemy will do everything. I mean, anxiety is so big right now. I talked about it in the very first episode of season two, anxiety and depression and people are taking their lives. And like, what would it look like if we remember deep down in everything that we are, that we're loved? And even if you can't be point to somebody who you feel like you're loved by, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords loves you, loves you so much that he spoke your name into existence. I literally tell myself this, Chadi, you're loved. And then I say, I remember that joy isn't a feeling, but an overflow of spending time with God. Yep. If a core value of mine is joy, I think it's important to constantly be um, not feeling happy, but connected to my happiness. And my happiness is spending time with my creator. And I also remember that peace doesn't always feel like peace because it's not a feeling. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And I've said this before. I've said it before in podcasts. Peace is not a feeling. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is the overflow of spending time with God. Peace is is the person of Jesus Christ. And so these are the core values. I'm loved. I, I, I Joy is more than a feeling. Peace is beyond a feeling. And then I remembered to be patient. God is working something out in me and it's okay if I can't see it yet. I'm a person that I read the end from the beginning. Like, I will Google an entire series just to find out what's going on. I will read the last chapter of a book. I don't like to be surprised. I'm not spontaneous. Anything spontaneous is planned out beforehand. I know that doesn't make sense. Patience is not a virtue that's really deep ingrained within me. But God has been working something out. And it reminds me daily, Chadi, I have patience. I want to grow in you. And you're God, I'm doing something in you. And it's okay if you don't see it yet. I also remember to be kind. Uh, I'm not necessarily the kindest person I come across as kind of confrontational. I'm self-aware. It's okay. I know it. Doesn't mean it's right, but I know it. And there are other people on this journey in way worse circumstances. So I'm constantly reminding myself, be kind. Um, I remember that I don't need to be perfect or great. I just need to be good. God fills the gaps. I remember that faithfulness isn't an option, but a lifestyle. I remember in moments where I begin to unravel that um, gentleness moves things further than an outburst. And lastly, I try to remember that even though life and loving people at times can shake me, I'm in control. And only I can um, allow circumstances to unravel me. I'm going to read that again. I remember that even though life and loving people at times can shake me, I am actually in control. And only I can allow my circumstances to unravel me. So I just keep moving forward. And I keep reminding myself that, you know what? In my corner, I have people that love me. In my corner, I have people that are calling me out, that know who I am, that are safe places. I also have in my corner a set of values and a set of fruit that at any point I can pull on and remind myself that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords loves me, is throwing joy my way, peace my way, patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, even when I feel 
out of control. So, quick recap. Ride or dies are important. You need them in your corner. These are the people that know you. These are the people that these are the people that hold on to you. Okay? These are the people that know you. They know you just by a look. They're the people that you're in covenant with. And then also, they're the values you hold on to. They're the things that are wrapped around tightly around your neck. They're the life vests that save you when you're swimming into a school of jellyfish. Yep. Those are the things you need. So, keep moving forward. You got this. Just make sure you have the right people in your corner. And you need to remember that um, your core values got to be set in place before things get crazy pants. (laughs) If I've learned anything along this journey, it's that uh, time and brokenness and distance and conflict and crazy towns in your corner don't matter at the end of the day because everything is pushing you. Everything, whether it's stacked or stripped down, is moving you to something good. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Every moment leads you towards something that is making you better. All things work together. So um, get your ride or dies close. Keep your values even closer. And um, yeah, just do that. Jesus, community, love, ride or dies. You've got this. And uh, I hope you have an incredible week. Um, Yeah, that's really all I got. Okay. Love you, weirdos.